Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, I wanted to pick your brain on this, uh, the latest odds of who's going to land Aaron Rodgers. But first things first, a lot of people listen to this podcast, tens of thousands of people, not all of whom are in Denver, and they don't necessarily know what's been going on today. We learned the Broncos, true the names of, of Denver's true finalists. There's three guys, Dan Quinn, Nathaniel Hackett, Kevin O'Connell. And guess who got there first for interview number two? Nathaniel Hackett today, this morning. Is that a tell, Zach? Does that mean he's he should be considered the front runner? Well, Mike Cliss used that word. So if, if Cliss uses that, and he's been, I think, one of the guys in the legacy Broncos media kind of pining for Dan Quinn, then he should be considered the front runner. And there's plenty of time for activities in Dove Valley today with the stepbrothers fan Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton. Um, a, a couple things work to his advantage. Obviously, they want to talk to Quinn. They haven't set up a time and a date for that yet because he's in in such a demand around the NFL. But getting the first second interview, having that first second impression with George Payton, that can mean a lot. He can close the deal tonight. We haven't heard much out of Dove Valley since that interview began. And I think no news is good news for Nathaniel Hackett at this point. But George Payton, his thoroughness, Chad, shines through. I talked about on Twitter, uh, the last time they changed head coaches, when they fired uh, Vance and hired Vic Fangio, that entire process from firing to hiring took nine days. It's been 15 days since Vic was fired, and they're now first going through second interviews. So George Payton is going to be thorough. He's going to be patient. He's going to take his time. The longer it drags on, though, as the week goes on, we don't hear anything. I think that tends to uh, point to good things for O'Connell, who's become the dark horse in this race, the third guy. They can't set up a second meeting with him until after Sunday, which is the NFC title game. So if they are apt to wait for him, then we'll hear more silence as the week goes on. But uh, Hackett had first dips today, and uh, we'll have to see how he shook out. Christian, thank you for the super chat, buddy. He says, from the looks of things, it looks like Hackett's going to be the guy in the coming hours or days. I'm I'm looking, Zach, for uh, any tweets from from the uh, mouthpieces of a dinner, anything like that, because when George Payton was brought in for interview number two, by the time they went to dinner, it was a done deal. They were just going to have drinks and shoot the the BS while – the guys back at Dove Valley executed and ironed out the details of the contract with George Payton's agent. 
Now, look, if I'm if I'm the Broncos, I mean this this, this is obvious, Zach. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. The guy that you want the most is the guy that you're probably trying to move mountains to get there the soonest, right? The first. In the case of Nathaniel Hackett, you could be wrong. I could be wrong. It might not be, he might not be the number one front runner. It could be Dan Quinn, but it just so happened that Quinn had a had a corresponding right. deal with New York Giants that this job in Denver wasn't important enough to him, or the signals that George Payton has sent to Dan Quinn weren't solid enough for Dan Quinn to say, all right, I'm going to go ahead and cancel that New York Giants interview and come to Denver to beat Hackett. He knows just as well as any coach out there. Right now, the chips are down, and it'll be an upset, to be honest with you. If if Nathaniel Hackett emerges from Denver without the job, it'll be an upset. Well, I've tried to kind of – uh, bring up the possibility that the Giants job could be the apple of Quinn's eye and Dan Quinn might not be this slam dunk that we've been led to believe that he is. He interviewed today in East Rutherford. He's a New Jersey native who grew up a diehard Giants fan. And interestingly, Chad, after his interview, it was reported the Giants had an interview request for Dallas secondary coach Joe Witt Jr. Witt Jr. worked under Quinn in Dallas, so it leads me to believe he's building his staff in preparation of getting the Giants head coaching job. I'm feeling Hackett right now. Yesterday at this time, I was feeling Quinn, and I felt like it was all Quinn, and that was the first signal they sent out, and that was the signal they were going to end up going with, but Three candidates, two of them are offensive-minded. I think that says something as well. Because George Payton did a good job of keeping a lid on who's coming in for those second interviews and when and in what order. You know, we didn't really know, Zach, till Nathaniel Hackett was boots on the ground, right? The tarmac. Mike Cliss sending out the video of Hackett emerging from the jet. <laughs> from the <right>? bushes. <laughs> straight up from the bushes. Ah, straight up. So Love Mike. I think there's a reason why. George Payton was so clandestine and decided to go ahead and hold some of that information this time around. But I got to assume Dan Quinn knows that. I got to assume Dan Quinn understands that probably the only hitch in the giddy up here that would keep Hackett from getting the job is some sort of contractual demand that maybe if George Payton didn't like a certain dollar figure or something, or his master's on top, you know, Joe Ellis has to rubber stamp the salary of any head coach offer, I would imagine on the business side. Right. So, you know, if Nathaniel Hackett made some sort of uh, outside the box contract demand, maybe that shakes things back up, but it's lining up for Dan Quinn to take New York 
Hackett to take Denver. And unfortunately for Kevin O'Connell, who is a very good candidate, he might have to wait till the next cycle. He might, depending on how deep into the, the playoffs, well, depending on whether or not the Rams go to the Super Bowl. I'm just glad it won't be Jonathan Gannon, Gerard Mayo, Aaron Glenn. I was worried about Gannon for a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It seemed like they were really impressed by him and a first-time defensive coordinator. You brought up a great point yesterday. Shades of VJ. They can't go through that again. It's easier to sell Dan Quinn than it would have been Jonathan Gannon, but this was a great candidate pool. And if O'Connell doesn't get a job now, he'll get a job certainly at a later time. Same for Brian Callahan, Kellen Moore. Hopefully Eric Bieniemy as well. This was a really deep offensive pool to choose from, and the fact the Broncos, their three finalists are Hackett, O'Connell, and Quinn. I can live with that. I just hope Peyton kind of reads the room and reads the writing on the wall in Dove Valley. Every single Broncos fan I come across on my timeline on Twitter wants an offensive guy. Some want O'Connell, some want Hackett. Most, the majority, don't want Dan Quinn. I hope Peyton can pick up on that. Kenneth Patterson brings up something that I, too, uh, kind of an emotion that I felt yesterday watching the Bills Chiefs. He says, yesterday's game made me realize just how far behind the Broncos are and how badly they need a quarterback that can run. The Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's of the world seem suddenly outdated. Now, that second part I'm not so sure about, but the, the general sentiment that I wanted to echo here, Zach, is watching that phenomenal final you know, five minutes of the game, you realize – how far behind the pack the Denver Broncos are at quarterback. I mean, the miracles that Josh Allen worked in that game only to come up short just because he wasn't the last one to have the ball. Like Patrick Mahomes also equally, not equally he worked one additional miracle that Josh Allen couldn't, he got the dub, but I'm watching that game, Zach. And how could you not from the Bronco perspective go, you know, as much as you might be inclined to believe there's some upside still in Drew Locke, or maybe he just needs the right coach to unlock that ding, potential ding. or whatever, laid bare in comparison to to those dueling giants yesterday. I mean, it's like, nah, dude, I, I think in, uh, in this case, call the spade a spade and go try and find your guy. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it rubs more salt in the wound like we talked about yesterday, considering the Broncos could have drafted Josh Allen, number five, they went with Bradley Chubb. But as I put on Twitter yesterday, Josh Allen wouldn't have been this Josh Allen in Denver, not with Vic Fangio, not with Vance Joseph, not with Pat Shermer, Bill Musgrave. Brian Dayball is also another guy. I think if Quinn doesn't get the Giants job, Brian Dayball will because they just hired the former Bills assistant GM to be the GM there. So uh, great coaching in Buffalo. Their defense blew it big time, though. Uh, two great Titan quarterbacks. And we were robbed, Chad, of an additional drive in that game. Mm -hmm. And I know people are squabbling over the OT rules right now. Selfishly, though, I wanted to see what uh, Josh Allen could have done with one more opportunity. The rules are the rules, you know? Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, in a perfect world, yeah, you'd have liked to have seen Josh Allen get a shot. But he got a shot, man. And unfortunately, in that particular game, you know, you can point to overtime. But Josh Allen, if he wanted to really secure that dub, all the histrionics and the fireworks, he should have turned that on in the third quarter, you know, instead of the last five minutes. Not to say he was bad all game. He wasn't. That's not what I'm getting at. But in terms of really leading the charge and putting some, uh, you know, trying to put some distance between you and Patrick Mahomes would have been nice. Jacob says, all aboard the Bengals bandwagon. Yes. Yeah, it's Bengals or bust in the hearts of Broncos country. And then on the NFC side, Zach, what are you hoping to see? 
you know, I just, um, I'm happy for Vaughn. I'm happy for some players on that Rams team. And uh, I just, I don't know. I, I like the 49ers. I love Kyle Shanahan. I'm not a Jimmy G guy, though. So it's hard for me to root for him. But I love what Kyle Shanahan's doing. I'm hoping for a rams Bengals Super Bowl. I think that can be pretty fun. But Kansas City, I don't think. If Mahomes plays that way and can lead a game-tying drive with 13 seconds, I mean, I don't see how even Joe Burrow, as good as he's playing and as good as Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan are coaching, they're going to stop him. But hopefully we get as entertaining of a game as we saw all this past weekend. Something magical is going on in Cincy, though. Like, I'm not going to put it past him, but you think about that with Buffalo, just how good Josh Allen was when the chips were down in the clutch and it still wasn't good enough, you know. The, the freaking matador that is Patrick Mahomes. Like, you just can't quite get him, man. You just can't quite get him. Like we also talked about, though, it's it's more than one just one component. Like, when the Broncos were losing games with either Locke or Bridgewater, hardly it was ever just one thing. There's multiple components to a game, and you can have a great offense, and you can have a great game script and play calling, but if your defense lets you down, and situational coaching from McDermott, why would you not kick off shallow toward the end and make Kansas City run it back and waste five seconds? You would have right. chewed up uh, one more play. But that's the small things, the minutia of a game that goes into a win, and uh, so often the Broncos lack the complete minutia. Here's the thing, too. If you're George Payton watching that game, you can't hire Dan Quinn. If you're George Payton watching that game, you tried the whole let's fight fire with water. You got to fight the fire with fire. You got to find a guy who can help you create a conflagration, Zach, a blaze. Michael, you demand. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. Uh, that is on par with what's happening in KC, with what's on, uh, happening in Cincy, with what's happening in Buffalo, and so on and so forth. And there's no guarantee Nathaniel Hackett's the guy that can help you do that. Um, but relative to Dan Quinn and just that energy, I mean, the first step, Zach, and we'll let's get to this here from from uh, the betting the betters out there, I should say. Uh, first step for Dan Quinn, or pardon me, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, if he is indeed hired, got to get that quarterback situation solved. Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? Are you going to go back to the well and draft your guy for Nathaniel Hackett? Let him be involved in who that guy's going to be. But the uh, Vegas folk, Zach, they're giving Denver the best odds to land Aaron Rodgers come week one of the 2022 season. The end of this last season, at least for Green Bay, is still so fresh that I have a hard time reading into any of this. But you're going to see the Broncos become a darling for Rodgers if indeed Hackett is hired. And there's some separation in the odds there. It's not like 200 and 250 or two teams at 250. It's the Broncos and then the Steelers. So they're the odds-on favorite right now. I had some clown say that I made those odds up. That's from sportsbetting.ag. They don't believe Rodgers as of today is going to come back to Green Bay. And if he does leave Green Bay and continues playing, as you see right there, the Broncos are the betting favorite. One more point to this. I'm going to probably write a story around it. Matt Schneidman, I believe is his name. He's the Packers athletic beat writer. He had a podcast where he predicted after the Green Bay loss that the Broncos are going to end up with, get ready for this haul, Nathaniel Hackett, Luke Getze, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. It's going to be a blockbuster offseason at the price of four first-round picks, but that's the vibe coming out of Green Bay right now. It can be a green and uh, yellow takeover in the Mile High City. Aaron Rodgers, man, even 
three first round picks. Do you still have that fire in your belly, Aaron? Do you have it? Do you want to go on this odyssey with us? You know, what was it that Aaron Rodgers said? Remind everybody, Zach, when Nathaniel Hackett became a candidate for these different head coaching opportunities, he put out a statement when not put out a statement, but was it at the podium or was he on the McAfee show? What he had to say about Nathaniel Hackett McAfee. Yeah, he was just, he talked again and it's been a continuing theme. Every time Rogers brought him up about his personality, about his energy, his infectious attitude toward the game. He said he's been fantastic to work with and he really sold him as a future head coach. Same thing. Interestingly enough for Pac, quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator Luke Getze who interviewed for the Broncos job uh one more point about that a lot of news has come out today Chad Matt LaFleur said today that if he expects Nathaniel Hackett to land a head coaching job hint hint and if he does they would promote from from within they have Luke don't leave us right they also have Adam Sternovich I think is his name he's another up-and-coming young hot commodity they can promote him but it's not looking like it's a slam dunk package deal of Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Etsy that's fine though I'd be just as happy with Nathaniel Hackett alone well if we look at Luke Getze's uh resume he's been in Green Bay since the hire uh, of LaFleur. So since 2019, he's been working with Hackett. Let me see. His previous stop before that was in Mississippi State for one year, and then he was in the old Green Bay regime. He was in the McCarthy regime for four seasons, Zach, from 2014 through 17 as a quality control guy and then coaching receivers. And then really quick here, Nathaniel Hackett. Let me just pull this up. I want to see. I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly the dates. That's one of the unfortunate lasting effects of the uh, old virus. Zach is the mental fog a little bit. I got to have something I'm actually looking at. The, the the command isn't quite there, but yeah, three years they've been together, all, all three of those years. And we'll see if they, if they can keep it going, Zach. And Claude says that with, uh, with Hackett and dare I say Rogers, how long till we're making a legit run at that fourth ring? Hypothetically, of course, 2022. I, that's not me being a homer. It's not me being biased because we're close to the Broncos and we all have some rooting interest to an extent. You get Aaron Rodgers on this team and Nathaniel Hackett calling the plays with that ready-made offense, that ready-made defense. That's a playoff caliber roster without Aaron. You put them on there. They will contend for the West. They will contend for a title in 2022, assuming they stay healthy and assuming Aaron plays to the level he's played the last couple of years. Hey, shout out to each and every one of our star supporters on Facebook. You guys, thank you so much for everything that you do for the Huddle Up Pod, for all the different Mile High Huddle podcasts. We love you. We, as a as a token of our appreciation, we're running a contest again this month. When we reach 250,000 stars on Facebook in the month of January, we will raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. Only people in the running for that are those who contributed to the goal and we're currently at 67% complete. All right, so we might need to juice it here as we approach the the, the home stretch of January. But here's who's going to have the most tickets in the hat if the contest ended today. Jacob Foster, Michael Ronquillo, Rodney Garcia, Miguel Santistevan, Doug Raquel, Shane Daniels, Travis Weber, Andrew Baker, Pete Middleton at 9, Jermaine Daughtry at 10, and then a few names like Mark Schrader and Travis Tarbox and Phil McLaughlin, Joshua Mize. So appreciate each and every one of you. Um, Lawrence says, and thank you for the stars, big dog. These are coaches that could never get to a Super Bowl with their current team. 
and are kind of considered sucky by their own team's fans. So you mean the three finalists? Okay. No? Who, who are we talking about? Scott says the rejects. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think that's what he's talking about. I don't I don't know what Lawrence is trying to say. It, it seems to me I've read that the same as you did. Oh, Glenn. All right. Yeah, Glenn, Gannon, etc. Okay. I got you. I was wrong All with right. you then. I mean, look, Gannon, I didn't if if George Payton was the uh, you know, 4D chess thinker that we're we've all been led to believe that he is, he was never going to hire Gannon. Gannon's too much of a risk, man. Um, even if he was an offensive guy, Zach, a one-year coordinator with zero success where he's at, <laughs> you know, it's like, the oh, Lawrence is saying, no, 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 the three finalists. Uh, Scott's like, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, to each their own, Lawrence. I, I mean, you choose from a pool when you have 10 candidates, six of the brightest offensive minds in the NFL, two of them are your finalists, including the Packers OC and the Rams OC. Then you have the experienced leader of men and Dan Quinn. You can do worse than that three. Dude, look at it like this. Falcons fans had nothing but bad to say about Kyle Shanahan right before he got hired as the Niners head coach because of the taste that was left in their mouth in the Super Bowl. After the emotions on that settled, of course, you know, you you don't know what you got till it's gone, right? Like the Stone song. Uh, Same can be said for the every, I mean, put yourself as a fan in the shoes of a Packers fan right now. You're like, come on, man, Nathaniel Hackett, we couldn't muster more than whatever it was, 10 points uh, or put yourself in Dan Quinn's or Cowboy's shoes. Come on, Dan, we couldn't get past this. It's understandable that fans right now for three coaches whose teams have been with the exception of O'Connell, I guess, uh, two coaches who've been 86 from the playoffs. Those fans aren't happy right now with anything. You know, it's going to take time for that sting to to wear off. I, I mean, I appreciate Tommy here carrying the water for Lawrence, but just because they're not going to win the Super Bowl doesn't make them unattractive candidates. That's like saying you wouldn't want Sean Payton or Bill Belichick because they didn't make the playoffs. You wouldn't have them wanting to coach the Broncos right now. I don't agree with that argument. Uh, you can make the case for any of the three candidates. I happen to believe, and Chad does as well, they need a young, up-and-coming offensive mind, not a defensive mind for a third time in a row. But this is a better crop of candidates than, than they had by far in 2019. I mean, look, to my knowledge, Mike Shanahan is the only head coach this team has hired on the heels freshly of a world championship. Led the Niners as offensive coordinator to a... World Championship with Steve Young in 94, and then promptly came back and took the head coach job from Pat Bowen in 95. Antonio Aragon, what's good, my friends? Great to see you. Longtime Super Chat superstar, very generous. Really appreciate that. He says, what's up, Priest? Really hopeful that we get Hackett. I know our Broncos will make the playoffs next year. Hashtag Broncos country. Hackett. Hey man, I think that's a it would be a huge step in the right direction, but Zach, then you come back to the age-old obstacle quarterback. What are you going to do at quarterback? And you know what? It's going to make it much easier to woo Aaron Rodgers. But even then, Zach, Packers have to play ball. Packers have to be willing right. to trade Aaron Rodgers and it's all these factors that the Broncos don't really have much control in that make you doubt that it could even happen. But for all we know, Zach, Aaron Rodgers will do some thinking. Come March 16th, he'll stand up and say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. I'm out. I'm retiring. Peace. See you in the Hall of Fame in five years or six years or whatever it is. Be prepared for that as a possibility. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but 
it wouldn't surprise me. They could also trade for Jordan Love. I'm joking, I'm joking, guys. Um, it, it kind of reminds me, it's setting up to be the same thing. as Remember the Tony Romo brief sweepstakes in 2017 yeah. before he checked out to call games for CBS? That's yeah. where I think Aaron Rodgers could lean, and especially because of the Jeopardy co-hosting he did a couple of years ago. Appreciate you, Michaela. One more point about the quarterbacks before we address the Duchess, Chad. If they do get Nathaniel Hackett, he's worked with a younger quarterback like Love and also a veteran like Aaron Rodgers, so they can go either direction if they want to get a Band-Aid, be it Rodgers or somebody else, or draft a young guy. I'd be inclined to think if they went for Quinn, they would get a veteran quarterback. If they went with Hackett, they would get more than likely a rookie quarterback. Well, here's the thing. Uh, And by the way, Michaela, thank you so much for that very, very generous super chat. You are the Duchess here at MHH. We love you. We appreciate you. And by the way, if we hold a meet and greet hangout at the draft in Vegas, are you going to be there? You're going to make the trek. I know it's a hop, skip, and a jump from the Mile High City, but if you can make it, that would be rad. She says, I would be happy with either Hackett or O'Connell. Let's do it. O'Connell's interesting too. O'Connell is maybe close to equally interesting to me as far as Hackett is concerned, just because seeing what Zach Snyder did, man, seeing what Matt LaFleur did in Green Bay, Zach Snyder, Zach Taylor, I'm thinking freaking uh, not Avengers, Justice League over here. Uh, Seeing what those coaches who have sprung off the McVay tree up to this point, who've gotten the opportunity, Zach, they're knocking it out of the park. You know, I don't know. I don't know. That's 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 a tough one. But George Payton can feel, I think, a little bit the walls closing in. And I feel like he's probably a little bit worried that if he waits till O'Connell will be available to interview and things don't go perfectly in that interview. Then what? Because then maybe Hackett's taking another job. Quinn's already signed up with the Giants, whatever. So I think you're going to strike while the iron's hot. And the iron's hot right now. Hackett's in town. There's a reason he came first. I think he's going to be the higher. There's a lot to like about O'Connell as well. And I can talk myself into KOC really, really quickly, even over someone like Nathaniel Hackett, who's long been my first choice. I would rather pluck from, you can argue, the McVay coaching tree and not the Matt LaFleur coaching tree. You talked about some of the coaches around McVay that have had success, and O'Connell is so highly regarded in Los Angeles. He might not call plays in L.A., but he's involved in game planning. He's involved in the weekly and the daily grind, forming that McVay offense, working with Stafford and company. A young guy, creative mind, just what the Broncos need to shot in the arm. If they go with him, I'd be very happy as well. Um, I just want to go over real quick as a refresher for everybody. This is Nathaniel Hackett's resume, all right, with the Packers the last three years as OC. Before that, he was the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars from 16 through 18. And then before that, for he was also that first year he held QB's coach and OC. Um, and then in 2015, he was just the QB's coach. Predating that, he was the offensive coordinator under Doug Marone in Buffalo. All right, and then predating that, Syracuse as a quarterbacks coach, coordinator, passing game coordinator, etc. This dude's been with Buffalo many times, Zach. And then there he was in 08, 09, that his second NFL job as a quality control. His first NFL job, let me confirm, yes, Tampa Bay in 06, 07. So he's a Gruden guy too. That's interesting, Zach. That's interesting. And that's similar to, you know, McVay. McVay's a uh, like a spring off both the Shanahan and the Gruden tree. 
Hackett is too. It's just maybe a little bit more of a uh, longer, windier path getting him, you know, back to that to the source of his coaching um, resume. Hopefully, no one checks Hackett's emails like uh, old John Gruden, but. You know, everyone talks about what he didn't do in Jacksonville or the fact they had Blake Bortles. They were an efficient offense, even with Bortles, and he was a big reason, obviously, for that. And Scott made a good point on a recent episode of Broncos for Breakfast where he made the case for or against the Hackett, whatever it was, and he brought up the quarterbacks he worked with in Buffalo. Uh, Spoiler, it wasn't Josh Allen. They were the likes of Tyrod Taylor, EJ Manuel, and he made chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what. And that's what the Broncos need. It's the antithesis of what Pat Shermer did and was, which was chicken you-know-what. They need to go away from that and embrace the salad. So here's what's important to note as well. In fact, I'll do one more share screen on this because Nathaniel Hackett was the quarterback's coach for uh, Blake Bortles, his best statistical year. All right, so 2015, that was Hackett's first year with Bortles. All right, this is one year after he had been drafted. What was he, number three overall, I want to say, um, in 2014. So 2015, Hackett gets there, all right, uh, as his position coach. The Jags did not have a good season as a team. They went 5-11, and 11, but Bortles produced career highs in yards and tutties, also in picks. But that was his second year in the NFL. Flash four up. Uh, Wait, Fast Chad, forward. you mean second-year quarterbacks throw picks and turn the ball over? I thought that was only Drew Locke. Wow, I know. I'm surprised. It's it's uh, shocking. My jaw's <laughs> on the floor. Bortles' third year, Hackett's second with him. He kind of treads water, uh, 3,900 yards, still a very formidable season, 23 tutties, 16 picks, so he's a little bit more efficient in terms of TD to INT ratio. Then you get to 2017, and this is the year the Jags had some real team success came two quarters from away from the Super Bowl. Not as prolific statistically was Bortles, but he still passed for 3,600 yards and 16 starts. All right, 21 tutties, 13 picks. So this is a coach, Zach, the bottom line, that could – you want to talk about, like, as you say, making uh, chicken salad out of chicken excrement, let's just say. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine what he might be able to do with Drew Locke if all other – avenues to upgrade the position fail or you know the Broncos are stymied that's a positive harbinger and that I would assume Zach is a one of the big reasons he's in Denver first for that second interview because George Payton knows nothing's guaranteed on Aaron Rodgers nothing's guaranteed on Russ Wilson nothing's guaranteed on landing that quarterback you might love in the draft the one thing you can guarantee is you'll have Drew Locke this year what's your plan Nathaniel member that's one of the things George Payton said in his uh, in right. his press con, well, actually, it wasn't in the presser. It was the next day, or no, maybe same day. Either way, on KOA Radio, he said, "I'm going to talk to these coaches and I'm going to ask them what their plan would be for Drew Lock." Because yes, oh yes, Drew Lock factors into 2022. Listen, you know, I'm a big Drew Lock guy. I've said it a billion times before, but he's not my plan A to go into the 2022 season as the starting quarterback. But you can do. So much worse as your plan E or plan F, your drop dead option, emergency option. If that's the the fallback, the last resort is Drew Locke, then the Broncos are in decent hands, especially again if you have a play caller more in tune with Locke's abilities. You saw what he can do under Scangarello. I'm going to bring it up one more time four and one with a coordinator that 
what played into his abilities. I think Nathaniel Hackett would bring that energy. They'd be best of friends, I feel like. Same personality, very childlike, uh, ambitious personalities. I think they would do well together. But that's in a last resort. And you can imagine what the Broncos can do with a better quarterback. That's why having someone with an offensive background is so key for the Broncos' future. Got to have that expertise. Jonathan Figueroa. In the house. Good to see you, my friend. He says, thank you for the super chat, by the way. Hackett will be our new coach, and I can't wait. I do really think somehow, some way, Peyton gets Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I really do think he's going to do it. <clears throat> Pardon me. If uh, George Peyton pulls that off, man, it'll be a very, it'll be a Elway-esque. I'm talking the first half of his GM legacy, all right? Elway-esque achievement. Because, you know, you made the right head coaching hire. That would definitely help grease the wheels, Zach, to get Aaron Rodgers here and to move whatever mountains are going to need to be moved to get Aaron here. I mean, dude, that would be – we'd be talking coach or, uh, you know, executive of the year if the team goes on to do what you would expect it to do with Aaron Rodgers under center. Man, it's fun to think about for sure. I, I would be all for it from an entertainment standpoint. But if you make that deal, you better win a Super Bowl – the first year and you better be close to undefeated because you're talking about giving up four first round picks for Devonte, or, or I know he's a free agent, but you know, Aaron Rodgers. that's what the, the Packers beat said four first round picks for Rogers and to uh, have Devonte as a package deal. I don't know that Peyton would rid himself of such resources for a 39 year old quarterback. Doesn't seem like the direction he wants to go. And uh, hand out a fat contract to a receiver after paying Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. So it's it's a pipe dream, but it's one worth uh, thinking about. Rodney, you the man. Appreciate the stars. And uh, KB, Kenneth Booker, staff writer at MHH, says, uh, should Denver consider adding Clint Kubiak as offensive coordinator if it ends up being Dan Quinn? Zach, what are your thoughts there? And then we'll grab Mark Rich. I mean, that'd be a parallel move for uh, Kubiak, and I don't think he'd want to follow in his father's footsteps in Denver. I think he wants to build his own legacy. And uh, for next year, he's a head coaching candidate, I guess, but I don't I don't want that. I don't, I don't want any previous ties. I want a whole fresh start. Fresh start. Mark Rich, appreciate you. He says, what's up, Priest? Here in enemy territory, Vegas. You may have talked on this previously, but Saw DJ Daniel Jeremiah's first mock. He has us taking Kenny Pickett at nine thoughts. Hashtag state of being. That's awesome, dude. For the draft, you better be there. We want to see you, my friend. All right. We'll we'll release some information on that when it gets just a little bit closer. But um, we touched on this a little bit last night. Yes, indeed. Daniel Jeremiah released his first mock. It's Kenny Pickett, quarterback. Pittsburgh at nine. Uh, if it's Hackett, I like it. You know, I like it. If you at a certain point, you got to take a chance on that quarterback class. You know, you got to, you can't just necessarily, if, if the need is there, well, let me put it this way. You got to believe that that quarterback is a day one upgrade over Drew Locke, or at least he could be a day one upgrade by the time you get to week one, you got to believe that. And I'm not certain that Kenny Pickett would be all right at this stage. I'm, I'm still kind of forming my um, opinions on these quarterbacks, but if George Payton felt that way, if Nathaniel Hackett, were he to be hired, felt that way, then I could get behind it. I just I can't do it at nine. I just can't. You want to trade down to 19 or so, 20, whatever, 
pick up some capital. That's fine with me. You want to gamble on a quarterback, not a number nine. That's not the year to do it. But I agree with your point that if they are going to gamble and pull the trigger, I'd feel much better about it with Quinn or O'Connell at the controls than I would Dan Quinn. It'd be almost Vic Fangio 2.0 handing a raw uh, quarterback in need of development to a defensive-minded head coach. Chase Wellner, what's going on? Appreciate you, my friend. He says, would you like any of the other candidates as a defensive coordinator? Uh, Well, the only one that you could really woo would be Gerard Mayo because for Gannon, it would be a lateral move. He'd get blocked by Philly. They're not going to let him leave for a lateral job. Uh, Mayo, though, I'd be interested. I would definitely be interested. I'd want to know a little bit more about him. But you know what? They interviewed him. They they know at this stage whether or not he can – be a play caller. Is he an upgrade over Ed Donatel? What Donatel could do as Fangio's top lieutenant for the last, well, dating back to San Fran. So 10 years, decade, they were together. We'll see if they, they might stay together. We'll see what ultimately happens. Hackett might come in and say, no, I got my eye on a different head or a defensive coordinator prospect. And his name's Gerard Mayo, maybe. Who knows? But you don't want to take that step back defensively, Zach. And Ed Donatel, even though he wasn't calling plays on a on a game in and game out basis, he I don't have any doubt that he could. I really don't. I don't doubt Ed Donatel is a veteran in the league. I think he could do it. it. Might take him a you know a couple a couple of games. Those preseason games would be crucial for him to kind of iron out some kinks. But who better that knows Vic Fangio's scheme inside and out? I mean more so than Brandon Staley, more so than Ronaldo Hill. Who else has, has sprung off that tree that's having some success in the league? Donatel is older than either of those guys, but way more experienced and I would argue wiser. Mayo, I read, is interviewing for the Texans D- uh, DC job though, so I don't know that the Broncos are going to get him. I'd be happy with Donatel. I'd be happy with Mike Zimmer. I'd be happy with Don Martindale, Chad. You don't really need to do much when you have a Broncos defense with that much talent. You can argue that Martindale scheme isn't conducive for Denver, but they have all pro caliber talent on that. And like you, they just need some continuity, someone who knows the playbook and can keep things in place. Where they need to devote the resources, where they need the genius is on the offensive side of the ball. That's why, again, it's so crucial they nailed this coaching hire, preferably with Nathaniel Hackett. Indeed. Howie, good to see you, my friend. He says, hey, guys, uh, hey, gents, can you break down the Rams OC? Don't know much about him. Um, yeah, we can talk some Kevin O'Connell. Let me pull up his resume. Stand by one second. We'll take a we'll take a gander at this cap. Uh, go to Wiki. Oh, and yes, yeah, son of bum is for sure always welcome back in Denver. All right, so here's what you need to know about Kevin O'Connell. All right, first of all, this cat's only 36 years old. All right, um, former. Obviously, NFL player, right? Former quarterback, third-round pick of New England back in 08. As a coach, started as uh, a Browns quarterback's coach in 2015. So that's interesting. He went from Chargers uh, practice squad, then he was out of the NFL for four years. Let's see what he did real quick. Let's see what happened after his let's see, coaching career. So there's no mention here, Zach, that he did anything in college uh, before – becoming the quarterback's coach in Cleveland. But 2015, Cleveland QB coach, Niners as a special projects uh, 
just quality control probably. Um, Washington as a QB's coach in 17. Washington as QB's coach and passing game coordinator in 18. So that was still under the Gru- the Jay Gruden era, right? If I remember correctly, uh, in Washington. Uh, and then 19, Washington. And then in 2020, uh, he came to be the offensive coordinator under Sean McVay. So that's what uh, that's the cliff notes, Zach, on this cat's resume. And it just comes down to preference. If you feel like who is a better mentor as an offensive mind, Matt LaFleur or Sean McVay, that would be the type of coach that you would lean toward. I think McVay is obviously the trailblazer. He's the template for young, hotshot coaches, and more have sprung off his tree than LaFleur's tree. So, again, if it's O'Connell or Nathaniel Hackett, the point is still the same. They are going in the right direction where the flow of the NFL is going right now, where it's pointing, and I'd be happy with either hire. What I really like about him, too, is that he is a former quarterback, and not just in a nominal sense, Zach, where, you know, he, he played a little bit. It's kind of like Byron Leftwich. I mean, he, he hung around in the league. Leftwich was more of a starter, obviously, than uh, O'Connell was. But I'll read a, a couple things here really quick. Um, seven years NFL coaching experience. The Rams, once they acquired Matthew Stafford, posted a marked improvement. This is according to the Denver Broncos. In their overall production, the team ranked ninth in total offense, seventh in scoring, and was in the league's top five, both in passing yards and touchdowns. And while the Rams offense is seen largely as Sean McVay's realm, O'Connell has an integral role. Let me read you this quote from uh, Greg Beecham. Hold on. He says, quote, the thing about Kevin O'Connell is He's been at the controls of the Rams offense in almost every way except actually calling the plays for two years, which makes him a guy who's seen what Sean McVay does and what makes the Rams so successful over the last five years. And there's only a handful of guys in the world who can say that. Three of the other assistants who can say that are currently head coaches of their own teams and two are still in the playoffs along with Sean McVay. This was last week. Uh, So the pedigree is impeccable. There's no doubt. Kevin is the next guy in that lineage, Zach. But can he lead? Can he own a room when he walks into it? I don't know on, enough about him to make that determination, but I we've seen Nathaniel Hackett. We've seen the energy that he brings and his coaching acumen and uh, his uh, technique. That's what George Payton's looking for. It's not just like he said, offense or defense or um, what you know from an X's and O's standpoint. You want a leader of men. So the better of the two in terms of who can lead the entire team is going to get the job, if not Quinn. We got Mark Lindemood that's uh, got some some additional skin in this game. Hold on to Nathan one second. He says, my Packer fan wife is going to relegate me to the couch if we get A-Rod. Hey, man, that just might be one you're, you'll have to take for the team, all right, if it happens. Um, Nathan, good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super. He says, bring Hackett, Getsy, but leave the <laughs> Green Bay special teams coach. Yes, indeed. Uh, Tabitha, thank you for the star support, my friend. I'm just happy another fan base felt Broncos country's pain when it comes to special teams. I mean, he made Tom McMahon look competent, though. It's quite the feat. Marcus Lewis Henna across the pond. Hi, guys. Love and respect from the UK to all Broncos fans. Ashish says there's no way Peyton's given three first-rounders to get Rodgers. Did not even give two first-rounders for a much younger Stafford. What makes you think he would give three for Rodgers? He'd only get him for the right deal, Zach. Well, I agree with that, but 
Stafford is not Rodgers. And that's the, not every quarterback is apples to apples. You know, there's tiers of quarterbacks. There's the Mahomes and the Allens and the Rodgers. And then there's the Staffords and the like. So I wouldn't give up three for him either, but I wouldn't compare Stafford and Rodgers in the same sentence. Um, on the topic, this is something Scott mentioned. I was thinking this, but then a comment comes up and you go, you know, it's like playing whack-a-mole, which I love. That's one of the things we love about these live streams is, the topics go every which way. We're talking with you. We're not talking at you. But talking about leadership and can this man com- command a room, only time will tell. But he, as a former quarterback, right, Kevin O'Connell has some leadership bona fides, you got to assume, at least to a point, plus for your captain at San Diego State. I would imagine he's a pretty um, charismatic cat, and he knows that Sean McVay thing. Like, to me – I'm not going to shed any tears if the Broncos were to hire O'Connell instead of Hackett. I think either one of those guys could be great for this team, but it feels like it's going to be Hackett. And it's probably not a coincidence. Zach, we don't believe in coincidence on this podcast. It's probably not a coinkadink that hiring Hackett ostensibly is also the one move that would separate you from the rest of the pack out there when Aaron Rodgers, if and when he does hit the trade block, it's going to separate you from all other comers in terms of where does Aaron want to go? He wants to come with his uh, stepbrother's movie quoting coach that, you know, can light up a room. We might never know and probably will never know, but I would love to know why Peyton decided on O'Connell as the third finalist when you had a pool that included Kellen Moore and Eric Bieniemy. What was it about O'Connell that really attracted George Peyton? I would love to know that answer. Fernando, good to see you, my friend. He says, good evening, priests. Hope all is well. Yes, it is. If Denver gets Rodgers and all those other assets, will they just keep Drew Locke or try and draft a quarterback later? Um, So if the Broncos land Aaron Rodgers, Drew Locke remains a Bronco for 2022 because he's under contract. The question would be what happens after 2022? My guess, Zach, would be Drew Locke hits the bricks, takes his talents to somewhere where he can, you know, get a snap in edgewise, let's say. But if you get Aaron here, I don't think you're drafting a quarterback in either of the premium rounds because you just are going to have to pay through the nose to get him. You're probably not going to have a first rounder this year and a second rounder. Well, you might have one of your two second rounders. Well, who knows at this point? But I would think they'll draft a quarterback because they'll know Drew Locke one year left on the deal. We need to have that kind of like the Broncos did under Peyton all those years. Brock Osweiler, then uh, Zach Dysert. I'm missing one. There's There was an almost Simeon, uh, et cetera. You keep kind of churning that just so you got bodies in the event something happens because he's older, longer in the tooth. They'll do that. But if you get Aaron Rodgers, Zach, you're not going to have the capital this year to draft a quarterback high anyway. Yeah, there was also Austin Davis and Mark Sanchez. God, have we been through a lot the last half decade. I feel like, though, if they get Aaron Rodgers, Aaron freaking Rodgers, Locke's going to be like, forget this. I want out. I'm done. I want to get traded to a team that's going to give me a shot. I don't want to sit behind a future Hall of Famer. You guys have done me dirty enough for the last three years. So uh, I feel like that could be in the cards as well. But if he wants to remain... Why not keep Locke around as a project for Hackett, a veteran experience backup at that point? You can do a lot worse for what? what's he going to cost? Two million bucks for 2022. Yeah. So I think that's the way to go if you got a veteran. 
Um, I want to grab this from Pal and then Nacho Fernandez, for longtime listener, first time contributing, has a question. Scott, I want to grab it 640. Uh, Pal says, Chad, welcome back, buddy. Thank you, bud. Chad, Zach, did you guys hear on the fan today? Uh, they were talking about whether Jimmy G takes the Niners to the Super Bowl and wins. Do you think Kyle would keep Jimmy G? So, Zach, if the if the Niners win the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't see any way that he doesn't stay for his the last year on his deal. But that's a massive gargantuan if. Like, the Chiefs look unstoppable, dude. I hate saying it, but they look unstoppable. I don't think it would be Jimmy G takes the Niners. It'd be the Niners take Jimmy G to the Super Bowl. They're winning almost in spite of him, not because of him. But yeah, you go to a title game and you win one with him at quarterback, just like we talked about with Bridgewater. If he would be the one that would have led the Broncos back to the postseason, they wouldn't have replaced him. They would have brought him back for another year. So uh, one more season on the bench for Trey Lance if it falls out that way. And I hope they do because I want nothing to do with Jimmy G in a Broncos uniform. Keep me the hell away. I mean, Steve Young, he had to wait a long time. <laughs> long time. Nacho Fernandez, appreciate you. Hi, guys. Long-time listener. First time contributing. Question. After watching the Chiefs and Bills last night, do you guys think we are only a head coach and quarterback away from competing with them? I mean, it, it's, it might sound over-simple, oversimplified, but yes, you're the right coach and the right quarterback away. This team has the talent. The Broncos might not have the speed that the Chiefs offense has, which no one does, but they have the horses offensively. They are amongst the most talented at talking skill positions, offenses in the NFL. It's just they're missing the quarterback. So if you hire the right head coach and you get Aaron Rodgers as an example or Russell Wilson as an example, yes, you're in every game going up against the Chiefs. You're not no longer going, all right, is it 13? Go ahead and chalk 13th straight loss up. Like, you're not just assuming that. You have more than a fighting chance, Zach, if you got Aaron Rodgers here or Russell Wilson. If you go back to the well and you draft a quarterback, all right, cool. Even if it's the right head coach hire, it's going to take you a couple of years for that dude to percolate, develop, and uh, Bronco fans will be, you know, will eat, be eating our hearts out until that happens. But – it really does boil down to quarterback in this league. I mean, the Chiefs, Zach, you take uh, – what was the name of that schlub that beat the Broncos when – Matt Moore. Thank you. All right, Matt Moore. Matt Moore, even with that offense, all right, he would have kept he would have kept the Chiefs probably in the hunt. They probably still would have made the playoffs. He would have withered in the face of that Josh Allen onslaught in the division round, despite having all that – talent around him it wouldn't have been the same thing you needed that next level stud named Patrick Mahomes to unlock the full potential of what those that collective you know skill position talent brings to the table and that's the thing for the Denver Broncos they need that component in fact I would argue that's more important than the head coach but in this situation you got to get the head coach first First of all, uh, welcome Nacho Fernandez. That's one of the cooler names we've had to grace the podcast. I just want to say, like, the Kansas City situation, Patrick Mahomes is a unicorn as a quarterback, and Andy Reid is a unicorn, I believe, as an offensive head coach. So I wouldn't aspire to reach that magnitude, but yeah, they did an upgrade for sure at both spots, and you're not going to win. You're not going to go very far unless you have an elite quarterback, or the other factor here is a elite coach that can get 
elite production out of a non-elite quarterback. Chad, I want to bring up one thing real quick though before we segue. I want to give a shout out to Bryce who tagged us on Twitter about an update on Nathaniel Hackett and his second interview in Denver. According to Andrew Mason, this is 24 years ago, Mason of DNVR, he says there is a flight scheduled to leave at 6.30 p.m. Mountain from Centennial Airport to Green Bay, but as of this moment, per flight aware, it has not departed yet. So the steak must be good at Elway's tonight, I gather. Or it is good. We've had it. That's right. And Peyton and company really, really like Nathaniel Hackett. So again, the longer this drags on before we get that social media announcement, like the Broncos have completed their second interview. It's good news. I think for old Hackett, Jaden Torres. Thank you, bro. If we don't get Rogers or Wilson, please don't get Jimmy. I'd rather, I'd much rather have Kirk cousins. Great show guys. I think Nathaniel gets the job. Appreciate that. Jaden. Um, I would uh, prefer Cousins over Jimmy, too, but I don't like Cousins. I think Cousins is one of the most overrated quarterbacks of the modern era. Sorry, that's the truth. And he's way too pricey for what he brings to the table. Cost is not commensurate to production when it comes to Kirk Cousins. And, you know, he puts up the stats, Zach. But when the chips are down, whether it's situation or moment, whatever, he, he doesn't have the wherewithal to put the team on the shoulders and will it to victory. That's the missing component for Cousins. He's done it at times, but in the grand scheme, the meta-analysis, he, he, he's lacking in that department. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm for sure with you on that. I, I echo that point. Sam Bam, hate to admit it, but it does seem to you, hate to admit it, but does it seem to you that Peyton works harder than Elway did as GM? Elway seemed to make gut decisions and Peyton make sure he takes his time to make the best. I don't know if it's a works harder, uh, et cetera. He is a younger man, obviously by about 20 some odd years than John Elway. And uh, so he's kind of in the zone. He's still got to build his own legend. I mean, John, I don't think anyone ever questioned John Elway's work ethic, but I agree with you, Sam, that Elway was a much more gut feel type of leader type of executive and if there's anything we've learned about George Payton Zach it's that this cat is thorough he's a thorough dude he's going to do the due diligence and uh, so far I think it's served Denver well Uh, we'll see how well it serves him in uh, the head coaching hire you know I did want to make one comment about Cousins and I had kind of a brain fart Um, I agree with you that at his current cost 45 million dollar cap hit no way no how but if Minnesota wants to eat like half of that, you can get to the playoffs with Kirk Cousins. I'm not a Kirk Cousins hater. I would take him in a heartbeat over Jimmy G. Not as a long-term guy, but as a holdover, he'd be the best holdover the Broncos have had You know, in this last five-year run, including Flacco, uh, Case Keenum, and Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, so that could be an option if he wants to reunite with his Vikings quarterback. I'd prefer Aaron or maybe a younger guy, like rookie quarterback, but you could do worse, I think. It, it makes a lot of sense, and that's what kind of, as a non-Kirk Cousins guy, kind of frightens me a little bit is Peyton was part of that executive team that won the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes 2018. Uh, or tw- was it 2018? Yeah, 2018. Shane Daniels, good to see you. The Aviator. Rooting for Hackett, says Shane, we need to be like the teams in the championship games. All offensive-minded coaches, three are first-time hires, I'd be down for a Vegas draft meetup. Good to know, my friend. Good to know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the four um, 
Oh, we got the God King as well. Mark Langley in the house. What's up, my guys? I'm in Mesa, Arizona right now. Just wanted to say, uh, I hope all is well, especially you, Chad. Good to see you back, big dog. Hack it. Hashtag hack it machete. Yes, indeed. Yep. It's all good. Thank you, bro. Great to see you. Appreciate the support. Uh, really appreciate both of you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Brad Murdoch, if Hackett gets hired, would they go after someone like Mike Zimmer for DC or hold on to Ed Donatel? That's a million dollar question that no one truly knows the answer to at this stage. But I got to assume they're holding on to Donatel for a reason. So I think George Payton's maybe trying to foist that on the head coach in a sense like, hey, we've got. And why wouldn't you? Again, if you're Nathaniel Hackett, maybe you have a bro out there that you can't wait to make your defensive coordinator when you get your first head coach job. Maybe the, and he probably does have a few guys in that Rolodex that he would have in mind, but Vic Fangio is the, his scheme anyway, is the Sean McVay of defense right now where the NFL is trying to copy it. They're trying to, you know, the pop a sprig off that trunk of the tree and bury it and, you know, water it and hope it grows into something similar. Ed Donatel is like almost a full-size trunk growing off that thing itself. So I would assume if you're Nathaniel Hackett, you're going to err on the side of that wisdom and that experience and the, and the expertise in the scheme, but who knows, man. And Mike Zimmer, I've always been a huge Mike Zimmer fan as a defensive guy. Uh, obviously didn't work out so, so well for him as a head coach, uh, but as a defensive coordinator, I would, I would love Mike Zimmer in Denver. It'd be a, it'd be a scheme change, but you probably have the horses to pull it off. Gerard Mayo, Mike Zimmer, uh, Ed Donatel, I think any of those three paired with someone like Nathaniel Hackett or Kevin O'Connell would be the right move. Uh, Andrew Baker, good to see you, bro. He says, I'm scared if we get Rodgers, we get one seeds, but not winning the big one. I want to do it right, drafting, developing our quarterback. But with this draft class, should we wait a year uh, or more to draft a quarterback? MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, dude, it's a million-dollar question. You know, I mean – that was kind of the book on Peyton, if you'll remember, right? When Peyton came here, he'd been uh, to two Super Bowls, lost a lot of big games in the playoffs, one ring. But you don't really look at that. You look at it from a perspective, Zach, of what would he be like in our football environment? What would he be like? How would he produce with our coaches? How would he um, – produce when the chips are down with our collection of talent here in Denver. And that's how you base the decision. Not can't win. I mean, that's an organizational failure. Green Bay's trips to the dance and just not getting back over the hump since 2010. I mean, that's an organizational catastrophic failure. I wouldn't necessarily pin that on A-Rod, although he has complicity. I'm just telling you when, when it's an organization failing to get over the hump like that year after year, it's the organization, in my opinion, more so than pointing to the quarterback, et cetera. It's never just one thing. There's always usually other factors at play. And and what happened in Green Bay and what, what Rodgers is kind of intimating is that Matt LaFleur can't win the big one. He's gotten close, but no cigar. And you can question as of right now whether he is a Super Bowl caliber coach. So since Aaron Rodgers hoisted the Lombardi Trophy following the 2010 season, uh, he went to the playoffs one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times out of the, what is it, 12 seasons? Or is that 11 seasons? Either way, uh, the last, let's just look at 2021, divisional round bounced. 2020 got to the conference title game bounced by Tom Brady. 
19 got to the conference title game, bounced by Jimmy G and the Niners at home. 2016 got to the conference title game, bounced by Dan Quinn's Falcons. Uh, and then from there, it's division. It was in the conference title game, Zach, in 2014 when the Seahawks beat them to advance to the Super Bowl and lose to, in just agonizing fashion to the Patriots. Uh, there's a lot of losses there, but I think it has – Again, I, I focus it more on the coaching. I focus it more on the organization. And sometimes, look at what it did for Peyton, man. Just being in, a, in, the, in the bosom of a new organization, and not just a new organization, but a winning culture, like from an organization um, macro standpoint. It's been dark days for Denver lately, Zach, but the Broncos have a juice. They have a magic. They have a history in the league, and I think that kind of magic could serve – could serve a guy like Aaron if you wanted to, you know, say I'm going to do the Peyton Manning thing, give it a three to five year window before I hang up my cleats. If he wants to follow in those footsteps, you know, does he want to be the next Broncos quarterback after Elway and Peyton, or does he want to forge his own path with either Green Bay retirement jeopardy or another suitor out there? So he doesn't even know yet. So it's, it's pointless for us to speculate. There's an, there's a better chance they will get Rogers if they hire Hackett. That's, Gerald Hill. Thank you, bro. Love the show. Hope we get Hackett. I wouldn't go for Rodgers. I wouldn't go for Rodgers. Our division quarterbacks, Mahomes, Herbert, will be competitive for years. I'd rather get someone that can do the same. Hashtag Broncos for life. Yeah, in a perfect world. But again, does this class have that option for you? And if it doesn't, use that first round pick and go get Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. If you want to compete with Mahomes and Herbert, you need a quarterback that can compete with them, and that's Aaron. You need a talent like Mahomes and Herbert. That I don't think that'd be Kenny Pickett in year one or Matt Corral, Carson Strong, Sam Howell. I mean, we all want the next Josh Allen, but you have to. He has to be in a class to be selected to be the next Josh Allen, and I don't see the next Allen or Mahomes or Herbert in this year's class. All right, guys, we are about out of time. Uh, let's grab Miguel, who's been a patient boy waiting. Uh, he says, did y'all see that the winner of the coin toss has a 91% basically chance of winning in overtime? I think that needs to change. Yes, indeed. Um, I think that's just part of, it's just part of the, how, I don't know what you would do to make overtime more equitable in the playoffs. Zach, what would you do? Belichick had his proposal, I don't know when, that he said a 10-minute quarter, no sudden death, the coin flip doesn't matter, treat it like a regular game. Whoever has the... the Go the, down to the wire at the end of 10 minutes. Whoever has the higher score at the end of 10 minutes wins. But you know what, to your point, Miguel, if the Buffalo Bills wanted to get the ball back, stop Kansas City. They went right down the field effortlessly and scored a game-winning touchdown. They couldn't even hold them to a field goal. I feel like the NFL made it more equitable by giving the other team a possession if they kick a field goal and not score a touchdown. I mean, how much more do you want? That's that's the game. you got to stop them if you want to win. I mean, that's the problem is how long does an NBA game go for? Two hours if it's a long one, right? I mean, I'm in real time. The problem with the NFL is you get your butts in seats as fans, whether you're on the couch or in the stadium. You're there for three and a half hours, usually three to three and a half hours, all right, of real time. And then you throw in there a full 10-minute quarter as a fifth option when you go to overtime. Like, I can understand the NFL's reluctance to put something like that and codify it into, into the rule book. But at the same time, 
all right, don't do 10 minutes, you know, take, uh, take half of that or six minutes and, uh, no kickoffs or something. Everyone starts on the 25 or whatever. I don't know. Find a way to kind of microwave it a little bit. Maybe that is something you could do to make it more equitable. I would be all for it for the playoffs. I think it would be, be a little pedantic for the regular season, Zach. For the playoffs, it would be cool to see it transition. And it would make sense to do that because this is the freaking playoffs, man. If we lose, we're done. Like, down to the wire. Let's go. I mean, I feel like we were robbed of uh, additional legendary football, but I don't feel too bad for Buffalo. They blew that game twice in regulation and overtime. So, again. I feel bad for Josh Allen, though. I got to be honest. And I feel bad a little bit for Brian Dayball because that magic that they created this year, I mean, if I'm Buffalo, I'm I'm finding any way I can to keep that cat in the offensive coordinator position. Um Doug Raquel, I hope we go offense with our first head coach, with our choice for head coach. Uh, could Wink Martindale be our DC? That's something you've been floating quite a bit the last week or so, Zach, since he was um, fired. But, you know, remember, Wink was the DC in Denver after Mike Nolan uh, was fired. You know, Mike Nolan was Josh McDaniel's first DC. Then he fired him, scapegoated him. And then it was Wink uh, for 2010 promoted from linebackers coach to defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. And that 2010 Bronco defense was so bad, it got you Von Miller as the number two overall pick the next year. So I don't know, man. I'm Obviously, Wink's done better since then, Zach, and he's probably learned a lot as a, as a play caller. But my experience with him as the defensive coordinator here, albeit a decade ago, made me makes me very cool on his prospects as a, as a DC now. Yeah, again, you, you wonder if his scheme is conducive for the Broncos' defense because he plays the one-gap, cover-zero looks, and in a division that has Mahomes and Carr and Herbert, I don't think you want to go cover-zero against them. So he would be a backup, I think, for Zimmer, but if they go for Hackett or O'Connell, you can't pair a rookie head coach with a rookie DC. So you're going to have a veteran coordinator on staff, and if they go that route, Zimmer... Martindale or Donatel would be my preferences. All right, last one, guys, and then we gotta we gotta go. Um, well, maybe maybe we don't. Maybe there are more. I don't know. We only we only have a few more minutes, though, so we got to rapid fire. Phil says, "Hello, Zach, Chad. Great show as usual. Thank you, bro. What are your thoughts on Robinson, uh, Cam Robinson, on the right side of the line? This was an option floated by Mike Evans today, Zach at MileHighHuddle.com. Uh, your thoughts, Cam Robinson, Denver Broncos right tackle." It just would be a continuation of what they've done, which is a slap a Band-Aid on a wound for the past five years. I, I, it's time they use a blue-chip draft choice on that position and get the guy for the long term and don't keep rotating veteran right tackles, jags in and out every year. Maybe bring back Bobby Massey on a one-year deal for insurance, but you've got to invest premium-wise in that position for once. And I'm right there with William Catalano, Catalano, who uh, says draft a right tackle. I've been banging that table for quite a while now. Timmy Shields, thank you, my friend. He says, I do not want to give up three first-rounders to get Rodgers for, what, one to three years max? Then what? Chiefs and Chargers are back on top, and we're back to the bottom. No way. Roll with Locke and draft in 2023. It's not a a solution I hate, as you guys have heard me say, you know? Um, But... It's 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 a tough situation to be in because the Broncos aren't exactly afforded all the time in the world. They've missed the playoffs now six straight years. Like they gotta move the needle somehow this year. 
And you might not have the means to do that in this year's draft with the quarterbacks that are available. Rodgers would do it, though. Wilson would do it, though. But you're paying through the nose. And don't underestimate the fact that George Payton is going to feel a lot more pressure in year two than in year one. The honeymoon's over. The mulligans are done with. He's going to be under new ownership. He's going to handpick his coaching staff and his quarterback. It falls on him from this point forward fully, so he has to get it right. I don't think he would give up three first-round picks, but I, I, it's a non-zero chance that he would make that tree. Put it that and way. we probably, Zach, shouldn't sleep as much as I maybe am on the possibility of Kirk Cousins coming here because you fail to get Aaron Rodgers. That's a, that's a quick upgrade you can make some hay with probably. I wouldn't love it, but I wouldn't absolutely hate it either. Victor, so has everyone written off Deshaun Watson? Man, I don't know. If something illegal happened, I think he would have been arrested or charged already. Um, it's not so much even at legality here, Victor. It's PR. You right. know, it's uh, toxic, radioactive. No team wants to touch that. So it is what it is. It's almost like how Ray Rice never got a chance. I know what he did was on camera and, and a lot worse than what, I mean, relatively speaking, than what Deshaun Watson's being accused of. He's in the process, I believe, of settling out of court and, you know, dealing with those uh, 22 allegations of sexual misconduct. But how could you bring a guy and make him the face of the franchise, pay him all that money when those things are still going to be haunting him? He's radioactive until proven otherwise. And he might not get a criminal charge. But that doesn't make him any less uh, radioactive because, I mean, NFL teams, especially at that position, you can't have a guy with uh, that many unresolved. Exactly. It wasn't just things. one or two. It's yeah, 22. 22. I mean, we're talking Bill Cosby over here almost, right? <laughs> uh, Murdoch, thanks, buddy. Ronquillo, you the man. Um, all right, Zach's good. If you want to go through the rundown, I'll see if Facebook's working tonight. Did we get to all the supers? I feel like we're kind of uh, we did. Okay, yeah, we're good. I feel like we got we didn't we missed Bryce though, um, who asked us to pull up his super about Hackett's plane. If we can just let me see if I can find it him. on the back end. But I'll start going through the rundown as I tend to do around this time. Thank you all for tuning in with us tonight. This was the Huddle Up Podcast. Until we see you guys next time, which is Wednesday evening. And there it is, Bryce, 499 Super. I mentioned it earlier, but we want to give you your shine. And thank you so much for uh, chiming in tonight. Hackett's flight to Green Bay keeps getting delayed on Twitter per uh, Andrew Mason. Sounds like Hackett and Peyton are hitting it off. I think yeah. so, Chad. Yeah, Activity time. I think they're going to hire him. We'll see. Anyway, yes, uh, thanks again, Bryce. That was the Huddle Up Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news and coaching updates, by the way, at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. Follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you want a beanie, you want a hat like Chad's wearing, a shirt like Chad's wearing, a hoodie like I'm wearing, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself a piece of swag. Our pop-up shop is up and running very hot right now. HuddleUpPod.com. Check that out. Facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button. We have three shows every single week. Chad's on one, which is Broncos Book Club. I'm on one, Kelberman's Corner. And we have Eric Trickle at Trickle Zone. So five bucks a month worth every penny. And Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page and follow that page. If you haven't, guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Could be a hoodie, could be a beanie each and every month. But guys, do these three things, please. We beg of you, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen. And we love each and every one of you. Appreciate everything y'all do for us. Uh, shout out to these Facebook just 
animals tonight. Rodney Garcia just throwing down. Michael Ronquillo throwing down. Howie freaking Day, Jacob Foster, Doug Raquel, Andrew Baker, Tabitha, Claude, Phil, Brad Murdoch, Marcus Lewis Henna, C. Patrick Havener, Lawrence Rivera, Victor Marquez, Sebastian Walker, much love and respect. And then these, these names here, I'm not going to be able to share it, but I'm going to read them. Uh, these Super Chat superstars, Christian, Antonio, Jonathan, Mark, Chase, Nathan, Duchess, Fernando, Jaden, Sam Bam, Shane, Mark, Gerald, Timmy, and Bryce, a.k.a. Bryce Mindset. Much love and respect. Appreciate each and every one of you. We'll see you on Wednesday. And I'm sure, Zach, by then we'll have, uh, I'm almost certain, some some news, some resolution to sink our teeth into. Hey, we could be going over the new Broncos head coach, and his name could be Nathaniel Hackett. Tune in, guys, Wednesday evening, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.